Yes, sir. Back at it again with another episode. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, Doug Hatch. Tell everyone what you do, Doug. Okay. Good afternoon. Um, right now, uh, my wife and I run a business, All-American Chimney Service. I am also an airline pilot um, for Endeavor Airlines. I've done a lot of things in my life. I'm 51 years old. I can go on and on about that, but I think we want to get to some conversations. Yeah, man. It's just, I'm glad to see you again. We had like just an amazing conversation on the flight from Washington, D.C. to Louisville, Kentucky. I didn't expect that all like I would conversate with you because most of the times, you know, when you're on an airplane with someone, you don't really want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. It can be awkward. You are very close. Yes. Um, you know, you don't know the person like that. But actually, you know, uh, you introduce yourself. I introduced myself and then we just we hit it off. We agreed on a, a lot of topics. I didn't think, you know, we would be like minded individuals in regards to our stances on various things, you know, regarding uh, America and our beliefs, too. Mm -hmm. I was just very overwhelmed and, uh, you know, very grateful that I actually got to meet and speak with you. Yeah, I felt the same way. I felt the same way. So um, first and uh, foremost, I wanted to ask, um, would you consider yourself to be a true patriot? Yes. I mean, I would be a patriot in the fact that I love our country. I love what is um, available to us in our country. I love the freedoms that we have in our country. And when I was younger, I didn't know what that meant until I traveled mm. and I uh, went to places where they didn't have freedoms. So we don't even know that we're free until you meet someone who is not free, who doesn't have choices. Absolutely. And so that's when I really started to understand and appreciate the, the opportunities that are available to us in America. Exactly. And you just uh, you just hit on something very important to me. You said a very important word, which is opportunity. And a lot of people don't understand that, yeah, America has its fair share of issues and conflicts. But one thing you can't take away from this country, and I'm very grateful for, is that there's so much opportunity. Yes. You can go from having like no money in your bank account in the in America, but you can start your own business or make a small investment in stocks or whatever it may be land. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can potentially become a millionaire or um, someone just at least decent, like living well in life. So there's so much opportunity here because if there wasn't, why would immigrants still be coming here to the States? Why would I be here is the no, question. No, you know? ab absolutely. The opportunity is out there mm -hmm. and it, it, it's, it's unlimited. I call it, when I visit with someone, um, I call it fiscal sorcery. Mm -hmm. Is that in America, you can create something out of nothing. Out of, almost, nothing. out of nothing. You can take what wasn't and bring it into what is and benefit everyone involved. The person that creates it, the person that purchases it, everyone involved can win. And mm -hmm. you can the sum of everything can be more than what it was originally. Yeah. Um, someone said to me one time, well, there's a finite amount of wealth that mm -hmm. needs to be redistributed. I thought, that's interesting. That's like, in my opinion, that's like walking into a gym mm -hmm. and going, huh, look at all these people in here. Yeah. They took all my health. There's only so much health <laughs> to go around. That guy over there, he, he, he done stole my health, yeah. right? And so I'm like, there's, you can create more. Mm -hmm. There's no limit. There's no limit, none at all. To wealth and opportunity. There's none. And uh, if you remember when we were uh, talking on the airplane, I told you I had just gotten back from Africa. 
Mm -hmm. uh, with my experience being there in regards to the conversation we're currently having, I will say this, like, of course, I was in a third world country. Sudan is still a current and developing country, you know, economically and politically. Um, so I will say when I was out there, the people didn't seem as if they had the same opportunity or luxuries that I have living in the States. Yes. And I'm not even like a rich person or anything. I'm just like a middle class. Mm -hmm. So it's just with me seeing them, it really humbled me. And I'm just like, now I understand why people go to places like the United States or the United Kingdom so they can come back and help their families living in those third world countries because they know, hey, this country here that I'm visiting or I'm an immigrant of is at least giving me more than my own country would, which mm -hmm. is opportunity, yes. you know, which is I can get at least a stable job, send some money back home and help those I love. Yes. You know, so that's that that's why it really gets under my skin when people really try to bash america too much mm -hmm. or it's like oh it's horrible here i can't do this um i'm, I'm handicapped i'm crippled i'm black and I, I can't stand that because i being a black man being an immigrant and still having faith and hope and so much opportunity from being in the military from going to college i i can't sit here and allow you to speak that around me you know, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, 100%. Um, I, I agree with that on almost on almost every level is that there are opportunities here. Now, the world is not fair. It's not. And, uh, you know, you can either deal with unfairness mm -hmm. or it can deal with you. Unfairness comes in many sizes, shapes, and forms. You know, one child, in my opinion, um, that is uh, comes from a richer family, mm -hmm. has more opportunities and connections, but those parents don't sew into that child. Mm -hmm. They don't pay attention to him. Yeah. Is he richer than a child from a middle-class family whose parents love him and pay attention to him because all a child wants is love and attention from his parents. Exactly. So which one? So there's advantages, there's disadvantages. Everybody, there's nothing is equal or across the board. It's, it's, it's not going to be fair, you know, no matter where you go. However, I look at it as which country is the least giving their citizens just a little bit to live on, just a little bit to like make something better off of themselves. Yes. Whereas you go to other countries, they're not giving their citizens anything, not even a cent or anything. No, you know, they're actually taking more from their citizens. No, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with that. And you know, the amazing thing is that I've seen here is I've seen people create businesses for themselves um, out of nothing, out mm -hmm. of thin air. Um, and you know, just about my background, um, I came from a middle-class family. Mm -hmm. I've been very, very poor. I've been worse than poor. I've been $85,000 in debt. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at a very different stage in my life. Mm -hmm. I've been all around the spectrum and um, it didn't come from people that didn't inherit, mm -hmm. you know, uh, hard work, luck, opportunity, risk, you know, very blessed. Um, but I see many people achieving and thriving. Um, for instance, I know a young man at our church, mm -hmm. a younger man, younger than me, I'd call mm -hmm. him a young man, and he wanted to spend more time in the ministry. Mm -hmm. So he decided to start cutting grass and he figured out a way to market to certain neighborhoods mm -hmm. and, and organized his business in a certain way. He's making about a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year working three or four days a week because he's organized this business and he's driving around a truck, got some lawnmowers in the back. But mm -hmm. it took that initiative 
to build that up over a few years. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's just cutting grass. But his real focus was to spend more time at church. So he Mm -hmm. created a job for himself and it's working very well. Now he has employees that work underneath him. Yeah, he's got three or four employees and he has freedoms and opportunities and he figured out you know, neighborhoods and strategies to get, mm-hmm. you know, get all his business in one location. He's doing fantastic. So he, he works whenever he wants. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, now, I, I have to ask you, because a lot of people are shocked when I uh, actually told my friends, I was like, when I was in D.C., of course, you know, what was going on at the time. It, mm-hmm. was, um, it was it was pretty chaotic. Yes. But um, I actually ran into some people that I was pretty shocked. So when I went to the hotel that uh, – my sister booked for me. I walk in the hotel and I'm like, hey, um, I'm a little hungry. Do you guys have a restaurant uh, next to this hotel or anything? She's like, yeah, there's a restaurant right behind you. And I walk to the restaurant and everyone's wearing red hats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I walk to the restaurant. I'm just like, why is everyone wearing red hats? What's going on? Then I'm like, I look close and I read those hats. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was pretty funny. Yeah. But while I was at the um, restaurant, actually, you know, I, I I thought I would be in a state of fearness with, uh, you know, Trump supporters, but they were actually quite kind to me. Mm-hmm. They're actually very kind. They weren't rude at all. I mean, but then again, I didn't have, um, you know, hail Joe Biden shirt on or anything like that. Yeah, you know, right, I was just right. dressed in my regular clothing. So, but yeah, you know, I, I didn't have any issues, honestly. Um, and that leads me to my next question, you know, um, uh, what makes you support President Trump? So support President Trump. Mm-hmm. I would say it's not President Trump, first and foremost. It's the rule of law. Mm-hmm. It's adherence to the Constitution. It's equal justice for everyone. Mm-hmm. We've known my entire life that there are two tiers of justice in mm-hmm. our country for those that, that are in Washington for those that are rich, those that are politically connected, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the rest of us. And that is one of the main things that really brought me to, because he said what I have always felt is I want equality mm-hmm. across the landscape. I want opportunity. I want less restriction on my life so that my business can grow and I can sow into other people and give them opportunities. Now he's a true capitalist. Yeah, it's it's, ca- it's capitalism. Yes. It's a, those opportunities. I believe in that. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do. And he seems to be the one that espoused those virtues. Mm-hmm. And that was what brought me into that particular genre or becoming a supporter. Exactly, because a lot of people when they look at um, the um, just the whole whatever it may be, the whole cloud surrounding this issue of Trump is that they look at it as like a racial point. Like, hey, um, look at all these people that support Trump. They're mostly, um, you know, I don't want to say the word like, oh, they're rednecks or whatever. Not understanding that there might be some educated individuals. Just like there might be some educated individuals that support Joe Biden and those that aren't as educated. Mm-hmm. However, being able to sit down with a person you don't agree with on their stance and having a conversation to reach a consensus is very important. And a lot of people are just too scared to have that conversation. They rather just um, 
continue to be on opposing ends and just have a quarrel in a sense. Oh, absolutely. So I don't consider myself, um, well, I do, I associate with the Republican Party, but it's not the Republicans. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at the Democrats that look at the Republicans as a snake. Yeah. And the Republicans look at the Democrat as a snake. And if the truth was revealed, there are two heads of the same snake. And so you have someone who is an outsider, who isn't part of that club that wants to come in there and shake it up because I do not have an affinity mm -hmm. for most politicians. And I viewed him as someone who was a brawler who could go in there and knock yeah. some heads together and shake it up because. But that's what a lot of people understand. Trump didn't ever come in as a politician. He came in as a businessman. Absolutely. And that's that's what I think why he just garnered so much support. It's like this guy is so different because he doesn't come from the same cloth as these other politicians who's just going to give you out lies and 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 uh, spew lies about hey this is how i'm going to help you this is what i'm going to do for you he came in there just letting you know like i'm going to run this as a business because that's how i ran trump towers you know mm -hmm. and I, that's what at least my opinion is and don't don't get this um uh confused anyone who's listening or uh, i'm not a trump supporter however i have no issue with uh president trump um i'm not too politically um deeply invested but sometimes I, I do share my opinion but i respectfully share my opinion and i respectfully take people's opinions in that's why i'm having this conversation now yeah uh with john yeah that's okay my apologies oh, so if we really visit with one another i believe there are far more things that we all agree on and can accomplish and then, then we disagree on there are more mm -hmm. things that bring us together as Americans than things that separate us. So mm -hmm. if I watch the television, which I don't, I don't watch while well, I watch a TV show, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. I don't watch the news because mm -hmm. the news gives me a picture or a viewpoint mm -hmm. of America. It tells lies, yeah. That I don't experience in my own life. I go to my church. Every, there's, you know, na different nationalities. We mm -hmm. all get along. You look at my business. It's completely multicultural. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets along. I go to, you know, my mm -hmm. job in the airlines. Absolutely. We all get along. Mm -hmm. And but then I look on TV and I'm like, oh, the only place I see all this discord mm -hmm. is being projected. Mm -hmm. And an example I would use is people loved or didn't care for Trump before he mm -hmm. got into politics. It's true. But he was never viewed or accused of being racist mm -hmm. until he ran for office mm -hmm. well why is that um and so that's it, that it, it to me you look at the opportunities that he brought to the different communities mm -hmm. he brought um the opportunity zones um and the didn't sewed into the colleges and took these actions and that was those were the things that made me really not want to watch the television and mm -hmm. it, it, some people just dislike him so much and i i can visit with someone so Ooh. like i'm sorry to catch no up, no that's but fine. it makes me wonder like who's who's benefiting off all this um you know anger and tension between um democrats and republicans conservatives and liberals because if the news just keeps spewing out mm -hmm. you know just one side mm -hmm. of a topic then of course it's going to be some tension because people are only going to believe that side yes so i'm just wondering like if y'all keep doing this who's benefiting What's the purpose in doing this? You know, because clearly you guys aren't being genuine in your reporting. It, no, exactly. 
So I would go back to in the eighties and the nineties, there were about 60 different corporations that owned the news. Mm -hmm. Now there's six that have their interests that control all of the media mm -hmm. that we watch. They gets inside of our heads. It gives us our perceptions of reality that tell us what is without using critical thinking, without using logic, without using, you know, just because some person on television tells me something, mm -hmm. does that make it true? Maybe make up your own mind, collect from different sources, mm -hmm. and then, then come to your own conclusion without accepting what someone on the television is telling you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, see, that, that's, that's really true. Because a lot of people don't want to even do their own personal research. You know, mm -hmm. most people don't want to walk into a library, grab a book. Yes. And read about it. Grab a uh, read an article. You know, mm -hmm. they'd rather just like, hey, um, let me see what's on CNN. Mm -hmm. uh, let me see on, what's on Fox News. Let me uh, just uh, see what someone posted on uh, my social media feed. Mm -hmm. It's it's really disheartening that a lot of people don't want to just take the time to do their own research and understand an issue and make their own their own uh, inference about it. Yeah, let me make a point real quick. Mm -hmm. If I ask someone what business McDonald's was in, they mm -hmm. might say selling hamburgers. Not true. They're in a real estate business. They mm -hmm. make all of their money off the real estate where the buildings sit. Sears and Roebuck used to sell a lot of different items. We'd say, what business are they in? Mm -hmm. You A lot of different answers. They were in the business of credit. Mm -hmm. Their credit cards is where they made their money. Mm -hmm. In the news business, what are they really in the business of doing? Are they in the business of bringing you truthful information mm -hmm. or selling advertising? That's true. So what appears isn't always as it is. They're in the business of getting clicks, of getting people to watch, of if it bleeds, it leads. That's what their business has become. Yeah, it it, it goes back to a, a book I had read for my uh com 305 class and it was a book regards to um to basically advertising and how it's just it's messed up our attention span mm -hmm. it's um it's messed up our viewpoints on you know things that we would just think logically is wrong yes. or whatever so like i uh as i was reading the book i learned how they uh promoted so much advertisements during super bowls because, uh, you know, during Super Bowls, of course, everyone's watching TV. That's the mm -hmm. best time to get uh, ratings, to get views. So let me advertise this. Mm -hmm. And with every advertisement, that uh, station or um, channel or network, they just, they make money. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're doing it as. It's not because they personally care for the people. They no, have. it becomes mind control mm -hmm. in a certain way. If I'm shown an image or an instance and it's repeated over and over again. And then that comes across all of the television and they tell me that this thing is a certain thing, mm -hmm. then it becomes reality. But another such as something equally as egregious could happen, mm -hmm. but it's never put on the television. We're never pushed a narrative. We're never told to feel a certain way about that thing. Then it, it doesn't infiltrate our consciousness. That's true. And like our pastor said, a lot of bad things happen to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. every single day and you know to focus in on one particular thing uh, is 
it's almost like they're controlling a narrative for a purpose in the end. Absolutely. Because like if you control the media, then you control the minds of the masses. Exactly. That's, that's just how that works. Exactly. So if I see, I'm watching a movie when I watch TV. And if I see this particular person do something to this particular person, mm-hmm. then it has this outcome. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Was it just this one person? Was it this white person doing something bad to this person who happened to be black? Mm-hmm. Or did he have racist intentions in his heart? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We can never oh, truly tell. Well, let's let's figure it out. I don't mm-hmm. know about watching it. Let's dig in a little bit. And if that turns out to be the case, let's hold him accountable for that. Absolutely. But on the first viewpoint, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's the what I would encourage people is to think for yourself and not come to jump conclusions about a scenario. If it turns out to be that way, hold them accountable. But use your critical thinking. Yeah. And before, like a lot of people form an opinion about you, um, like I know when you go out, clear, maybe I don't know what it is that you might deal with. But, you know, with you, you know, being an um a middle age, you mm-hmm. know, a white man, you know, I think a lot of people would be shocked. And I was shocked, you know, that you're married to a woman of color. Mm-hmm. You actually speak Spanish yourself. Yes. So it's just like before people can form an opinion about you, they don't even look to see who you are, you know, who, what your character is. Like, yes. you'd be shocked. Like, he's not the average white guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, somebody suddenly goes, well, you're a white racist supremacist. Yeah. And so I, show, uh, I posted the picture. I mean, mm-hmm. you mean the one? The guy in the middle, the only Anglo guy in the whole picture, right. whole family around. That, that's me. Yeah. Like, okay. And you know, and so just just because I have a certain a viewpoint, many mm-hmm. of those people, those people, my family, many of the people in that photograph have the exact same viewpoint. Exactly. Some of them don't. They all grew up on the border, mm-hmm. and you know, between you and me, they supported the wall. Mm-hmm. because they saw what was happening in their own backyard. Mm-hmm. And the last thing someone down there needs is some soccer mom on the other side of the country coming to their rescue yeah. and telling them what's best for them in their own backyard. That's pretty offensive. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it, that's a, another subject, mm-hmm. but it's, it's true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, my next question for you would have to be, because I know you had a pretty strong opinion about this, and I wanted to just uh, run it back again. What makes this election so fraudulent? So far, well, you would have, I would suggest anyone just look at the data. So, you know, statistically, it was a quadrillion to one, you know, when the, when the numbers were at a certain point and the next day you have 137,000 votes counted mm-hmm. and 4,000 for the under, other candidate. That's statistically impossible. I'm, I mean, this is also the first year we, last year was technically, um, the first year they ever did like mail-in ballots mm-hmm. due to the you know coronavirus pandemic. Yes. And so I would say, I can't go off on this tangent because it would take up the remainder of the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> is that people who have nothing to hide, mm-hmm. hide nothing. If someone accused me of doing wrongdoing, I would want to expose them and prove to them that their allegations were incorrect. If you accused me of stealing something, for for instance, look in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Look at this. I didn't take anything. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Why would I pass up an opportunity to embarrass an adversary? Why would I pass that up? I have employees. We have a commission structure. 
if I didn't have an open record of how that commission was calculated, mm -hmm. they would all leave. You know, if I, if I miscalculated it, hey, here's the records. Check it out. We're human. If we made an error, we'll fix it. Mm -hmm. But if they go, man, I thought I earned more than that. Great. Oh, no, you can't see anything. Yeah. And then, oh, not only can you cannot see anything, I'm going to I'm going to sue you so you can't see it. Well, yeah. I wouldn't have any employees left. You know, I would mm -hmm. want to correct any error that I had. And I would not want to have the appearance of malfeasance. And if I really didn't like the other person, why would you not pass up the opportunity to humiliate them on a global stage? <laughs> I mean, think about it. You know, why would anybody? Pass, why would the media pass up an opportunity to make a certain guy in yeah. office look like a fool by showing? Like, look, here's the evidence. Yeah, I wouldn't miss out on that. No, I mean that to me. So then you know, people who have nothing to hide hide nothing. That's true. Also, like, you know, you had states that uh, came in uh, pretty late with their votes, taking a very long time. I, if I could recall which state exactly it was. All, well, uh, for the first time in American history, we shut down the voting mm -hmm. and then we started again the next morning. And it was in all seven of those states that miraculously mm -hmm. in the middle of the night had a certain influx of votes. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it from a statistical standpoint, the odds were calculated at a quadrillion to one that it could change that much. And there's many other things that they factor into, but you have to look and make up your own mind about what it is, how people are acting. Well, why not have signature verifications? Why not do it? If there's something to hide, mm -hmm. why not just let's get it out there. Let's, let's legitimize this. Why alienate mm -hmm. 80 million Americans when you can make them go, Hey, listen, you might feel like you won. You had these big rallies. Everybody was there. But look, here's the evidence. He didn't win. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I yeah, guess we you know there it is. And we said, yeah, <laughs> he didn't win. Oh, you know, honey, I, you know, apparently we may miss something. But when you pass up that opportunity to prove your point, well, why? What are your instincts? Yeah. But um, would you feel as if, like, it was pretty uh, contradictory of uh, President Trump to say, um in the same breath to tell uh his supporters you know calm down let's uh leave in peace let's not have chaos and then at the same time say you know they've stolen this election from us um this is wrong the uh the votes weren't counted correctly you know how, how do you feel about that well i would say listen to what he said mm -hmm. did he say anything untruthful that we, he believes in his heart that it's not the right thing mm -hmm. we believe it Never once did he call for violence. If he, if he did, they would be playing that clip over and over again. Mm -hmm. He said, let's peacefully march to the Capitol in a show of strength. Mm -hmm. He never once said, do anything. Yeah, He didn't specifically no. verbally or uh, he didn't also text that no, on his I, uh, Twitter account. I, I was there. There, mm -hmm. You know, for 99.9% .9 of the people that went, we assembled, we listened, we marched. Mm -hmm. We stood there, we fussed, we yelled, we went home. Yeah. You know, I'm not getting into a fight with a cop. I'm not breaking federal property. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. Yeah, you know, I mean, none of that's on my agenda. Yeah. Like I'm not, no, that's not gonna mm -hmm. that's not gonna work for me. Mm -hmm. But when you that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And so every you, I don't know how many people were there, five hundred thousand, a million. You're gonna have some weirdos, you're gonna have some wackos, you're gonna have outliers. Do they exist? Of course they exist. Mm -hmm. What actually happened there? 
that's a, that's a topic for another time. But it wasn't. We didn't break anything. Mm -hmm. No cars were smashed. No buildings were smashed. We all got in the planes and went home the next day. DC is fine. But yeah. the narrative on TV that it was a violent mm -hmm. insurrection with guns—you can't have a gun in DC. Mm -hmm. That you can't. You can't walk around with a gun in DC. You yeah, the only people I seen with firearms were authorities, actually. Oh yeah, you can't. It's this in Kentucky, open carry. Yeah, you can. That's a legal thing you can do in Kentucky. Yeah, you can prance around in Kentucky with a gun. You can't do that in DC. You gonna <laughs> last about five minutes. Everybody knows that. I got. A, I got a Second Amendment right. Not in DC. You don't. Yeah. They try that in DC. Yeah, not in DC. You're gonna last about one second walking around with a rifle. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, like, because uh, I remember a clip you had showed me with the. Uh, with the cops over there just letting y'all kind of into the Capitol saying, come oh, yeah. on in. I wanted to say, with that being said, would you say the uh, march to D.C. was orchestrated? Yes. It was orchestrated. Oh, I, I would say it is a planned event. Mm -hmm. It's far more complicated than anyone actually knows right now. Mm -hmm. It's It doesn't, a lot of things don't make sense. Take the guy with the, the horns. They, they call him the QAnon yeah. shaman, right? Okay. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of attention on uh, the internet. Yeah, well, you know, first thing you think logically, does he look like a MAGA guy? Does he look like a Make America Great Again guy? Yeah, and I'm talking about that in yeah. a second. So if you look at his tattoos, I like to investigate things. Mm -hmm. So I photographed the tattoos. I blew them up, did a reverse image search. They're all mm -hmm. pagan. Do Trump supporters run around with pagan tattoos? It, none no. of that makes sense. I do want to touch on something. Mm -hmm. People say that Make America Great Again is... Oh, that's, that's a racist thing. Let's mm -hmm. make America white again. That saying actually comes from Alexis de Tocqueville. Mm -hmm. He came over to America from France in the 1830s, I believe it was. These details may not be correct. He spent years going around America trying to figure out what it was that was going on over here. Mm -hmm. And at the end, great, because the people are good. If the people ever stop being good, America will no longer be great. And I believe that is the origin of let's make America great again is let's be good. Mm -hmm. So like you're more specifically touching base on like when America was basically the exporter of so many things uh, from, you know, steel to um, cotton to all this before we were the main importers of it before China was that big exporter. A lot of people don't remember that America was that export. I mm -hmm. think it, the issue with a lot of, with that make America great again, statement is because I think during that time, there was still a lot of division between, you know, people of color and um, white people. Oh, absolutely. From Native Americans to Mexicans, to blacks, to Asians, there was still, there was still a lot of tension and separation. A absolutely. But the irony of that time is that, America's economy was flourishing. Yes, <laughs> so there, there were injustices. There were things. So when you talk about injustices, or you want to judge a particular group for a particular behavior in a certain way, you have to do that in the times. You have to look at what was the landscape of mm -hmm. that particular time. Um, I'm a, uh, I work as a in the chimney service business, so mm -hmm. we go back to chimney sweeps. Chimney sweeps were sold children sold into indentured servitude mm -hmm. um, because there weren't, they couldn't feed that. They literally could not feed three children. One of them had to be sold so that the rest of them could survive. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you go, that's the most horrible thing that the people didn't, 
they loved that was the reality of the harshness of the time. Mm -hmm. So to put my judgment on that family that sold that child to the master sweep and mm -hmm. put him into indentured servitude, he's almost guaranteed to die before he was 15 years old. So mm -hmm. the other ones could survive. It's not really accurate because I don't live then. I'm not being put in that scenario, mm -hmm. not to justify or rationalize any of it, but it's not fair for me to think about what happened then mm -hmm. compared to the way we have things now. Yeah. Yeah. You make a really good point. But with that being said, like, would you say has diversity helped the United States or has it caused a lot more social issues? So when we say diversity, um, absolutely. It makes things a lot more fun. Um, it makes things interesting. Um, when you're talking about diversity, it's like, you know, be more specific. when you say diversity, you're talking about diversity of culture, or are you talking about um, diversity of diversity of like in it all, like people of different races, people that bring in, uh, you know, another culture to the states, mm -hmm. like because you, I feel like our main issue is more of a social issue rather than anything, uh, more so economic in America. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's take let's take my my wife's family for instance. Mm -hmm. They're uh, from Mexico but they became American. And so they love America. They love the freedoms. They love the country. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they give up their American, their Mexican heritage. I mm -hmm. mean, you see the food we have, the way they interact with each other. That's all fantastic and great. But what do her and I and her brothers, we all, we all are American. We're mm -hmm. all, it's like being on a football team. Mm -hmm. We're all ready. We're on the same team, man. We're all going to win, right? <laughs> yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Arkansas. Where are you? I'm from New York. All these different, but you're all on the same team oh, and on the same focus. Mm -hmm. You know, after the game, like, where are you going? I'm going to go. Uh, we're going. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to eat that stuff. You, yeah. gonna, you know, we might want to kind of afterwards, but we're, uh, while we're in the game, mm -hmm. we're all together on with the same core if that makes uh, any sense to you. No, it makes sense. Because yeah, we're all together. Because, like, you, you can always remember where you come from and who you are. Because, mm -hmm. like, uh, and you can always speak the language uh, that you speak. E even though, like, I've lost my uh, tongue a little bit, like, my uh, native tongue, because I, I grew up in the States. However, I still speak it when I can. I was speaking it very often when I was uh, in Khartoum, Sudan. And it's like, yeah, I love where I come from and I love who I am. But I also like am grateful that I did grow up in America and I did live with this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's like I'm almost a bridge to two cultures. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, hey, I'm this and this, and that's okay. Absolutely, and it's, that's what makes things interesting and fun. And it, that's the, the coolest thing. It's a melting pot that we have to have, in my opinion, core values that we're Americans. We believe in the Constitution, the mm -hmm. Bill of Rights. We have, and there's a lot of arguments there we can go down. But that's what makes what makes all of us equal. What makes you and me equal with Bill Gates? Mm -hmm. The Constitution. Your vote and his vote count as one. Makes you completely equal. If that is no longer here, we no longer have that equality. We no longer have our freedom. Mm -hmm. Our government is the only government in the world that is created by the people and for the people. For the people. They work for us. We don't work for them. Mm -hmm. Our rights, uh, our right to liberty, happiness, 
you know, the, the pursuit of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. uh, our freedoms, you know, the right to protect myself, mm-hmm. the right to not be unruly searched and seized. All of, they aren't given to me mm-hmm. by the government. They are given to me by God Almighty, my creator. Absolutely. They're unalienable. And the Constitution is there to stop the government from infringing upon my rights. Exactly. And so that's what separates us and makes us different mm-hmm. than the rest of the world. And I don't want to see us give up these rights and these to an all-powerful, all-knowing government mm-hmm. for a few crumbs, for a little bit of safety. Make me. It's never been that way. That's why a lot of people don't understand why we even have, you know, the the amendment to bear the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because if the government gets out of pocket, who do you think is going to check them? The citizens. You yes. know, we have firearms for that purpose. It's not just because, oh, we have firearms. It's a fun thing to have. It's because we have to check our own government if they step out of line, mm-hmm. if they're not abiding to that constitution. And that's yeah. what that's why I think it's important to just read up on, you know, the amendments and look into American history. And that's why when I was in high school, uh, one of my favorite topics was just um, American history. I found it so interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, even though America America was made off blood. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to no, take that yeah, away. Yeah, no, it was. There was a lot of conflict between natives and pilgrims and then blacks and so on. It, it was a lot. But. It was so much to absorb. I was taking it in like a sponge and I loved, I loved every bit of it. Well, I would say this, look back, look at history. How did African-Americans or blacks fight back against the mm-hmm. KKK? They got out their guns. Yep. They stood up for themselves. Absolutely. Not around here, you're not. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at the history, the first time that those rights were enacted, what's going to stop those evil people with something on their mind Mm -hmm. well that's that's a firearm makes us all equal you could go on and on a a, a woman who's five foot tall is Mm -hmm. not equal well take myself for instance i am not an equal match for someone the size of you a both football player i'm not either you know what i'm saying (laughs) but what does make us equal it gives me the opportunity to protect myself and my wife yeah that's the right to protect Mm -hmm. myself absolutely and then another thing people don't understand is that we, we have one of the few governments where you can join at your own discretion, where it's not forcing you. Exactly. Where like, if I look at uh, places like Israel or Greek, and when I did my research, I found out you have to serve at least like two years mm-hmm. uh, before you can move on to your career or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Whereas here in the States, you can choose to go into the military. You can choose the job you want. You know, yes. if you qualify for it on um, that ASVAP, of course. Yes. But yeah, so that I thought I was just like, like, look at that. You can't get that uh, in too many other places. No. It, like, look, when I go, I go to uh, to visit. I love chimney sweeps all around the world. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, a convention once a year where we all meet in northern Italy. Um, chimney sweeps from all around the world, and uh, we visit with one another. It's something you have to realize. And it changes a little bit from country to country. They don't get a choice. Mm-hmm. They are tested at the ages of 10, 11, 12, 13. And their the government then says, well, here you are. These are your opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the opportunity to go be a pilot. You don't get the, oh, I, I want to be a lawyer. No, 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 no. That education, mm-hmm. yeah. that is not, there is no avenue for you to go do those things. Yeah. These are where you are. Mm-hmm. And then if you just said, 
I met a, a gentleman who'd been doing this for 51 years. Mm-hmm. Or he was 51 years old. He'd been uh, working on chimneys since he was a young man. Had just been given permission by the government mm-hmm. of Germany to get two employees. Absolutely. I you mean, know, it, mm-hmm. you can do that here today. You can leave here today. I'm going to go start a business tomorrow. I'm going to hire yeah, all the people who want to come work for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in some countries where, like, if you're born poor, you're going to stay that way. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, if your family's born without anything, you're going to grow up to have nothing. So where it's almost like the luxuries of being a doctor or getting a quality education in a lot of other countries is just for the rich, you know. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you look at, for example, northern India the northern indians who are of lighter hue mm-hmm. you know a lot of them they live a completely different lifestyle from the southern indians mm-hmm. and a lot of them up there are more educated mm-hmm. you know because they, a lot of them come from wealth whereas southern indians don't yes you know so it, it's it's like that where it shouldn't be that way but that's just how it is it, it's all around the world um and i will say so we be- believe in the equality of opportunity mm-hmm. But how can you determine the quality of outcome, quality of opportunity, but the equality of outcome? If we cannot regulate the outcome, even in our own homes, got brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. all given the same opportunity, but they all fall somewhere different on the outcomes. Mm -hmm. We cannot even manage that in our own house. One brother is going to become a doctor. One brother's going to jail. One brother's going to work at <laughs> a deli. Well, you know, the sister's going to be. We can't regulate that in our own house. Yeah. How can we legislate that? You know, it, you know, it's true. How much fun would the NBA be if you all made me play? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have a horrible NBA. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. gotta, like that's, that's what I got to work because we want to see. We yeah. want to see the game. We want to see the best people there. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, now, now to just kind of shift the conversation, I wanted to ask you: are, Do you think um, the safety precautions uh, for this for this virus, you know, are being exaggerated? Because I'm known, like even you, you're a businessman yourself, you know. But I don't think you own necessarily a small business, you know, because you're, you're still thriving. But well, do you yeah. think they're being so exaggerated to the point a lot of people are missing out? Even I personally myself have been cut down on hours for my job. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay, I now understand what it means to lose money during this pandemic. Well, I would say this and just do your own research. Don't believe what I say. Go look it up on your own. Mm-hmm. The distance between the fibers on a mask mm-hmm. is 30,000 ta- 30, times greater than the size of a virus. Mm-hmm. If masks stopped viruses, why had we not been using them before? Mm-hmm. When did the virus come? Who benefits from the virus? Are the numbers being exaggerated? What happened to the flu? Why is no one getting the common cold? Mm-hmm. Why has influenza dropped? I have people from around the world on Facebook saying, I see photographs that you all are in the middle of this unbelievable pandemic. And I look at the emergency room, I'm like, you know, is it real? Of course it is real. It's real. People are dying and suffering from it. Mm-hmm. But is it as real as, is it as real or look at the numbers? More people over the age of 100 have died from COVID 
than people under the age of 30. Look it up. Don't believe me. Mm -hmm. Look at the numbers. Who is actually at risk? If you have, and, and, and be careful with yourself. So mm -hmm. just do your own research and think critically and logically. Well, what, why is Florida thriving? And they didn't do any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And places that had the most restrictive lockdowns having the biggest issues. Exactly. Exactly. Like with, I think it's worse in some other states than, than it is in ours here in Kentucky. I think like, for example, did you hear about what's been going on with Florida? Like their, their lockdown uh, protocol is just, it, it's so much that people can't even stand it anymore. Let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. So before the November 6th rally, COVID, we were on the upswing. Mm -hmm. It was getting worse. Mm -hmm. Everything had to happen. And 1 million, okay, 500,000, I don't know the exact number, all come to D.C. Nobody's wearing a mask. Should have been a super spreader event. Should be all over the news. Yeah. People should be dropping dead left and right. Exactly. But why aren't they? The TV didn't tell us that. Yeah. So what happened to that? Why are we not focused? Because they told us to focus on something else. Exactly. But, you know, here you are living and breathing, speaking to me right now. And, you know, even when I was in Khartoum, Sudan, I'm just going to be honest with you, no one there was wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. I didn't wear a mask sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, however, I had a PCR test taken before I went there. I was negative. I had a PCR test taken when I came back. It was negative. So it's just like maybe i guess their you know their spread isn't as major as the united states but i'm just saying like it it seems exaggerated to me well, because because if it's only affecting the elderly you know ones that are you know 80 and plus years old you know then why don't we give the vaccines to those um individuals first and those who are beneath that age range you know, continue to do what they're doing. Cause that's the time where you're working the most is, you know, during your twenties, during your mm thirties. -hmm. And we need those people work, people like my age range. Exactly. So I'll ask a question. So does hydroxychloroquine work? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, mm -hmm. but I can tell you one thing. It's not dangerous. Why was our media told this drug that has been used for the last 60 years Mm -hmm. It's on the list of essential medicines all across the world. Mm -hmm. um, why was it told it would kill us? I think it, it's not necessarily that it was. I think it's the way it was told. Because when President Trump had said it, mm -hmm. maybe he didn't deliver the message properly, yeah, which but, upset a lot of individuals. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I can say I can think logically. Mm -hmm. but it, what 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 kills? What makes you healthy? Vitamin D and zinc. Everyone that got it that didn't have a good result, they were deficient in vitamin D and zinc. Mm -hmm. Why aren't they telling us get vitamin D and zinc, mm -hmm. increase your immune system, and take these protocols and right. do these things? But mm -hmm. they only said do all these things. They never said to take care of yourself. They never said, well, hey, these vitamins help you. They mm -hmm. go, these are alternatives. And while we're the dissenting voices, silenced. That's logically thinking why mm -hmm. you know do i have the answer i don't know but logically you look at it logically and you question that and like um you know like i said it was worse in other states so have you like have you yourself been aware of the the large exodus of california you know yeah. a lot of people are moving out because just living in california in itself is already expensive mm -hmm. but dealing with a pandemic and those expenses i could understand why anyone would move out like even um 
Elon Musk, who had um, a Tesla uh, factory over there, mm-hmm. he's moving his Tesla factory now to Houston, Houston, Texas, um, because their protocols aren't as major as California and living there is a lot easier. You know, buying property and land there is a lot more easier than it would be in California. Absolutely. So let me ask you, so you think of this, who produces more green energy, California or Texas? I'm going to give you the answer. It's Texas Mm -hmm. because they removed the restrictions Mm -hmm. that allow people to create that green energy. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't look at people in Texas as being is environmentally aware as the consciousness in California, Mm -hmm. but they are producing more alternative energy than they are in California because they've removed restrictions. All right. Now it leads me to my final question for you. Yes. And I think you and I have been thinking this a lot. Um, So I wanted to say, um, could the current political climate and pandemic uh, be working to achieve similar goals. You know how tense the political climate is right now and the issues in regards to coronavirus. Do you think those uh, two factors here, which is the biggest major factors we're dealing with in America, be working together to achieve some common goal that m- you and I aren't aware of? Absolutely. Well, yes. So while it, look at the timing of when the virus hit look at who benefited from the lockdowns and the virus. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in coincidences. Think logically. What, what, what happened after that that gave certain people an advantage? Now, was it pre-planned? Did the virus come from a laboratory or from bat soup? I'll have to wait and see. I have my opinions <laughs> and my beliefs. You do your own research. Yeah. Who benefited from that? Whose GDP has only grown while the rest of the world has shrank? I'll tell you, like, China. Mm-hmm. It went up, right? And um, what political party benefited from the rapid change in election laws? You know, look at that. Did Was it planned? I don't know. Did a few people hear that? I don't think we'll ever really know the exact answer. We're not going to get that answer. Mm-hmm. Just be logical and look at who benefited from it. Follow the money, follow exactly. the change of power, and you will get your answer. Doesn't mean I think that there weren't Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. I think they're all in cahoots. That's why. Anyway, exactly. Because if if you look at um, Amazon, you know uh, their stocks rose during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know Jeff Bezos is definitely capitalizing right now, mm-hmm. and. I think it's because like, no, you don't want to, you'd rather just order it online than go to the store and buy it uh, than you normally would. Okay. Because, hey, if I go to the store, I could get COVID, yeah. you know? Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. It's okay to go to Walmart, but you can't go to the the little, the, 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 uh, the hardware store mm-hmm. by an individual. Exactly. A small business. You know, liquor stores and strip clubs are essential, but your church is yeah, that's horrible. My my mom has to go on church um, through Zoom now. She hates it. Yeah. yeah. So well, who made these rules? Does the COVID so smart that it knows it can't get to me when I sit down at the table to drink my drink? Mm-hmm. When I walk through the restaurant, I have to wear it. But as soon as I sit down, I'm okay. But now, is it, do they build these little tents outside 
is the virus so smart? You, gotta, you can't go out after 10. It knows not to get you after 10 o'clock. So think logically. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But yeah, man, just uh, thank you for just providing me with um, your input, your knowledge. Uh, you know, I was really excited to have you on here. Um, and I, I felt like a lot of people needed to understand your opinion, you know, understand your viewpoint, because it's different, like seeing or uh, hearing um, about what someone may be because of their political stance or their appearance, mm -hmm. instead of actually sitting down and speaking to them and making a connection, you mm -hmm. know. So that's why I'm, I made this episode with you. You know, hopefully those who were um, closed-minded mm -hmm. can now become more open-minded and uh, form a better opinion of, uh, you know, a Trump supporter or anything. Yeah. Well, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> See, the thing is, if presented with new information, yeah, if there was a laptop that came out that showed Trump and his sons doing all of this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to lose me. You're going to lose me. If I'm presented with new information mm -hmm. or evidence, I'm going to make different decisions. But as it stands now, I haven't seen that. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Is there anything you want to um, leave the audience with? You know, any last words or anything? Yes. There's far more in common with Americans than there are divisions. Think logically about everything. The value it look to see who is benefiting why do you feel a certain way the television lies to you do your own research don't jump to a conclusion because the television shows you something and tells you how to feel it looks bad and i agree with that let's wait and see what happens you know there's so much that unites us um god wins and we win. Who benefits from dividing us into different races, different sects? Who who wins by dividing us into all these different pods and making us argue with each other? It's not us. Mm -hmm. It's those who would want to control us. I think what scares the government or the powers to be the most is if we all got along. If we all came to common goals and we didn't have these divisions, I would say if you don't like an idea, don't stifle it. Defeat that idea with better ideas. If you get up on the town square and you say somebody says something racist or stupid or what you believe is ugly, mm -hmm. he's not going to last. Combat that. Make them look foolish, but don't stifle them. Mm -hmm. That's very beautiful, man. Thank you for just uh, leaving the audience with that last note. And yes, sir, it's been another episode of Real Talk with a Jock. Get back to you again.